Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1235 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Edmonton and Arizona. That's an 8 o'clock puck drop tonight from the Gila River Arena. Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, all part of the Oilers Net Radio Network, along with Jack Michaels. Jack and Louie got the call on the TV side. We'll tell you that some guests on Oilers Now receive your certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor, that Oilers now sent you, Roos Chris Stakos. Just as we're negotiating contact here with Brian Lawton, uh, I do want to bang off a couple more texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Um, Bob, uh, just uh, this one comes to us from DT. He says, veteran players get the calls. That's how the NHL works. It's obvious it works that way, but it's not right. Bouchard got high stick, carrying the puck in on the slot, no call. I can't see a scenario where neither of the two refs weren't watching the puck carrier. Less than a minute later, Drysaddle gets a penalty. It's 3-1 in the third at that time. The NHL is the only uh, professional sports league where the rule book is interpreted or outright ignored. And I think like again, Dallas was just simply better than Edmonton last night. But even the coach, Dave Tippett, said after the game that he thought there could have been a few more calls. Uh, there was a sequence where Dallas had the power play and Bouchard's in front of Lynette and his stick got dislodged out of his hands, hacked right out of, like slashed right out of his hands and there was no call. Um, Heishkinen did a great job gapping up on Connor McDavid last night. Uh, Drysettle tried to turn his, uh, you know, use his frame and he was getting cross-checked and hacked and whacked. It was one of those games. Dallas were better. But the more experienced team seemed to get a lot of, uh, well, and, and some of the penalties were like, make no mistake, the Oilers earned some penalties and you can even argue that McDavid and Drysettle showed some frustration with it. I just, it, it, you know, that is what it is. Stan says, Bob, what we saw last night is what we can expect in the playoffs in terms of the opposition's approach. And we saw why we've been kicked out of the playoffs early. That one comes to us from Stan. Well, the Oilers have made a couple additions to change that. 
Hyman, Fogel. I don't think for a second Ken Holland is done trying to improve this roster for Dave Tippett. Okay, so I can see it. Uh, Mark says, Bob, I hope that Ken Holland doesn't make the moves like Peter Shirelli and Keith made when uh, Gretzky, uh, when the Oilers' blue line was short two years ago. That was a disaster for Mark. Well, it's Pete Shirelli made the trades. Okay, he, he Pete Shirelli brought in Chris Weidman. Uh, he brought in Alexander Petrovich, and then Ken Hitchcock didn't want to play him. Uh, and he brought in Brandon Manning, and that was just a disaster. And, uh, you know, that was as much Ken Hitchcock as anybody else. What's that? We have uh, Brian. We're good to go. Oh, I didn't realize we had Brian for a while. Brian, my apologies. How are you doing, sir? Just listening to the show, Bob. You're doing a lot of explaining. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, I'll tell you what's happened here. A little bit of nervousness last night. Like, Dallas outplayed Edmonton. The orders are 13-5 to to start the season. I think there's some frustration. Should there, first of all, I'll ask you point blank. Should there be nervousness with the team that the orders have right now? Um, I think they still need some adjustments, but should there be nervousness? I wouldn't say it's nervousness. I just would say it's a recognition that uh, the team is much better than it was last year. If you want to win the Stanley Cup, there's probably another move or two to consider. But uh, overall, I'm I'm really pleased we're where the club's at. I know last night was a tough night, and GMs can be just like fans where you feel overwhelmed at times. But that's not going to happen to Ken Holland. He knows where he's trying to get to with this team. I'd imagine he's probably very pleased with how they've started. Uh, recognizes that they've had some bad luck uh, to imagine they are where they are without really their starting goaltender. Um, and yet, I think Ken also has the balance where he's going to recognize that uh, we still got some work to do in our personnel on the club. Can he do it? Will he get an opportunity? I think he will. Uh, what will he do? We'll find out in time, but um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move or two, not necessarily this week or next week or the week after that, but before the trade deadline. Well, I think we're all kind of expecting that, and Ken has admitted that he would theoretically dangle his number one as well. Brian Lawton joining us from the NHL Network here on Oilers Now, and we will uh, tell you that uh, Brian is our headliner today, and that is presented, as always, by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Today, Nathan Bastian went on waivers from the Seattle Kraken. Now, he'd signed a two-year deal with New Jersey at about 800 k I thought part of that was to maybe scare off a team like Seattle from claiming them. What would go, maybe explain to our listeners, what goes through the process in an organization in terms of the evaluation on, on picking up a player on waivers? Uh, who's involved in that process and how do those things sort of take place? Generally, you're going to look at, see what kind of roster space you have whenever you're picking up a player. Uh, a guy like Nathan Bestion, he's a younger guy, so his, you know, there's a fee that you have to pay to pick up a player. It's very nominal. His would be about the highest as it could be because he's in that 23 or 24 range. I'd have to check to know exactly, but I know he's about that age, and that's kind of the most expensive player you can pick up. It's not determined by what your stats are or anything like that. It's just determined by your age. If you have the roster space, you can pick them up. 
Um, if you can't use them and you expose them again, or you're going to try to send them down yourself, then the last team that had them, in this case, if someone picks up Nathan, that would be Seattle. Seattle would be able to reclaim him. Nobody else would be able to pick him up and put him in the minors. So if you don't have a spot on the roster, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We had some good success with it. I picked up a player that everybody knows now, Nate Thompson, at the time. We were not a good club back in 2009-10 when I picked him up, but I knew Nate well. I knew he could play in the league, and even though he was playing on the only team in the league at that time that was worse than us, I felt like he could help us. He was playing on the Islanders at that time. They had a worse record than us. My staff asked me, why are we picking this guy up? And I said, just because they're not on a good team doesn't mean they're not a good player. Obviously, he's still playing to this day, so I think I was pretty right on that one. All right. Well, Bastian is 23 years of age. He's a six foot four, 193-pound right shot. He can fight, though he doesn't necessarily go looking for it. He'll take it. He, ironically, you mentioned Nate Thompson. Uh, do you know who did a bit of a number on Nate, Nate Bastian this year? Nate Thompson. I, I, Nate. Exactly. He got he got the he, now he got the jump on him, and it was at the end of a shift for Bastian, um, and it sort of went downhill for Bastian in Seattle after that. Uh, when I look at the makeup of the, like, to me, Nathan Bastian knows what he is, which is a fourth line. He kind of established himself a bit last year in New Jersey. Um, you know, he got into 41 games last year for the Devils. He's not a big scorer. He wasn't a big goal scorer in the minors. He's a support player. So taking a look at Edmonton with Kyle Turris as a fourth line right wing option, Colton Sevier, who I think's played fairly well. Um, and then Perlini and Benson on the left side, because usually wingers can play either of the two positions. If you're Edmonton, looking at the makeup of the team, uh, would you would you put a claim in on Bastion if you were Ken Holland? Uh, depends what you have going on overall. Just on the simplicity of, hey, we're down some guys. I mean, obviously losing Archibald hurt Edmonton this year. Big, big and loss. Could you use it? At, yeah, it was a big loss for them, and you know, is this a player that could potentially make some of that up? Is there a bigger bigger move down the road? Uh, those are things only Ken Holland can can speak to. I probably uh, I wouldn't be looking for this, and yet I would be watching Seattle closely. The season hasn't gone well. I think they have a number of players that could help a number of different teams. Um, I'm not sure if this is the one for me. But that's up to Ken Holland to decide. Except that is a free player, right? Like, you don't, doesn't cost you anything. So. No, no, it doesn't. It's going to cost you, uh, like I said, uh, probably a hundred grand to pick him up on waivers. And then um, if you can't keep him on your roster, you'll get your hundred grand back because he'll get reclaimed in theory. Yeah, I think New Jersey. But, you know, it, Did it, you see it, the- it, yeah, come on. It's the evaluation, Bob. Do you think he can make the fourth line better? Yeah. That's all that would go on here for Edmonton. Can this player, and it doesn't even have to be long-term. Sometimes fans don't understand that. You see it happening a lot more now, quite frankly, where teams are picking up guys for two, three weeks a month max, knowing that they're going to get other players back in time and they won't be able to keep them on their roster. You say it's a free player because he won't hurt your salary cap-wise if you can no longer have him on your NHL roster. And that is true. 
but he will yeah. cost you the money at the end of the day. And some organizations care, some organizations don't care. They'd be delighted to have a number of players like this just to have that depth internal. I ran a team where that was not a possibility in Tampa. Every dollar mattered. So um, could Edmonton do it? Yes, I do believe they could. If, if It's just a matter of if they want to. They think it's an upgrade? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking at Turris. Is he a fourth-line guy? He hasn't been in his career, um, you know. And then on the left side, Perlini and Benson. I think, unfortunately for Tyler, he hasn't kicked the door open yet, and Perlini hasn't made very little happen as well on the left side either. I'm going to ask you about two players on Seattle. Actually, what happened today is they activated Mason Appleton, and that's why Bastion went on waivers. Appleton has been hit and miss in that lineup before he got hurt. He's represented by Edmonton's Rich Winter and Carson Suse, a left shot defenseman. Now he is a $2.75 million cap hit for one more season. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised he's not playing more. I kind of thought he was a pretty good defenseman last year in Minnesota. Uh, Brian, you're, you know, Minnesota hockey as well as anybody. Um, uh, Tell me your thoughts on Mason Appleton and on Carson Suse. Could they be potential uh, targets for teams around the league, and could they help Edmonton out? I have no doubt that both players could. Carson Suse, in particular, big left-handed shot defenseman that really fit in nicely with the Wild. I felt like he was always their number 5D, but a good number 5 for them. He could move up the lineup and give you big-time minutes. He's 27 years old, and I know this because I've looked at him a few times because a number of people ask me, who would you recommend for a D? And this guy has been at the top of my list since the season started. He has not played great for Seattle. It's a little bit perplexing to me. Dave Haxtell, a guy that coached in the league, where Carson Soucy, who is a Canadian kid, but played in essentially the old WCHA, Dave Haxtell would have known this guy well when he was at UMD. So uh, I don't really get why it hasn't worked there. I don't really care. I know this guy can play. I know he's tough, um, but he's got game, and he would be an incredible pickup for the Oilers if they could somehow figure out how to make that happen. Ron Francis is not going to give them away. Um, but Carson Soucy is a meaningful player for me. Mason Appleton, on the other hand, another uh, guy that played college hockey, also a meaningful player. Um, had 25 points last year in just over 50 games for Winnipeg. This is the type of guy, in my opinion, that would really help Edmonton in their bottom six. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have to expend some assets to get these guys. You're going to be competing with other people. The Carson Soucy one, I just I, I just can't imagine there's not a few teams that have already made calls to Ron Francis on him. And Mason Apple, uh, Appleton. Me, Mason Appleton, thank you, is another guy that uh, you got to think. Everybody that I talk to from the GM perspective now, is watching Seattle closely because they feel like Seattle will be a seller for sure in this first year at the deadline. Some people even feel like that's the specific strategy of a lot of the players they took, that Ron Francis took, knowing that, hey, we're not going to be what Vegas was, but we're going to make sure we pick up guys that we know we can get assets for return in 
come trade deadline. I think they did a pretty good job of that. We'll see what happens with these guys in the end. But I would not wait um, really on either one of them, but definitely on Carson Soucy because there's just such a shortage of guys that can give you what he can give you. All right, Brian Lott joining us from the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, ran Octagon's player agency. Brian, you know a lot about Arizona as well. You spent some time here. Uh, next year, they've only got $29 million committed. The following players are UFAs. Kessel, uh, Erickson, Beagle, Roussel, uh, Strawman. Then Galchenyuk, Boyd, who's actually been fairly effective. It is a right shot center. Uh, Labushkin, Larson, who's some of the analytics guys in Edmonton, uh, not working for the club, but some analytic driven writers like uh, Johan Larson, Dimitri Yaskin, and Ryan Dezingle. What goes like, and we're going to talk to Shane Doan later on, but when you have that much uncertainty with guys. The writing's kind of on the wall there. You know, and obviously Edmonton needs to bounce back tonight against Arizona, but can that become a little bit of a mind game for the players to get past that, or is that just part of being a player? you got to be a pro, and despite the situation being what it is and the obvious direction Arizona's going in, you just got to roll with it if you're one of those guys. Take us through that entire process. I would imagine that it's very perplexing for the players there. They don't have a home next year that anybody knows about. There's talk of them being kicked out of Glendale, essentially. Uh, There is some talk down there that they're trying to get a project going down just outside where ASU is located in Tempe, Um, but no progress on that. And honestly, with how this team's performed this year, you can't imagine there's a ton of appetite to want to build a new building right now. So the players are left with just trying to be professionals, good professionals, but this is unparalleled in terms of the past, anything like this really ever happening. I just don't remember a team that was this unstable. I understand what their strategy is. I understand, you know, they've got some rebuilding to do, but this was really taken to new heights, in my opinion. I don't think it's good certainly for the players that are there. I don't I don't even think it's great for the game, to be honest with you. They are playing better. That's good. I knew they would. Even the worst teams in this league traditionally win one or three games. That's just the history of the league. But in terms of the players, you know, a lot of these guys, the best that they can do psychologically is reconcile in their mind that they are playing for the trade deadline. They are playing to entice somebody else to give them an opportunity so they can have a chance to at least least play for a playoff spot or continue their careers. Uh, It cannot be easy. And I know a lot of the players, guys like Andrew Ladd that I recruited way back when as an agent, uh, quality, quality human being. doesn't matter. This is an incredibly uh, tough position to be in. All right. Well, we'll see uh, lots of inexperience. I mean, the Oilers' entire left side of their defense from the game out against Winnipeg last Thursday, which was a great game, by the way, Brian. And uh, they're all out. Nurse, Keith, and Cuckoo all out for Edmonton. And 
you know, Dyson Mayo, six years in the minors, Candanine in the minors to start the year, and Capabianca, uh, you know, not a lot of experience with those defense as well. So this is a much better matchup tonight for Edmonton than what they saw last night going against a great top four from Dallas. And you called it on Ryan Suter. You still said he had some game left. And uh, Suter and Klingberg, and more specifically Lindell and Heiskanen, who matched up against McDavid, did a great job against the Oilers. Yeah, they really did, and they do have an excellent top four. It's been a little bit of an enigma that they haven't played better. Jake Osminger has come in and really kind of finally solidified things for them. So uh, it wasn't. It, it was surprising that Dallas kind of got their game back in such a big way against Edmonton, but maybe not where Edmonton's at right now in terms of health. Uh, but Dallas, to me, is a team that I still believe has a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. I really do. I actually think oh, yeah. they'll be there when it's all said and done. Brian, great stuff. Hang in there, my man. We'll touch base next week, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. That is Brian it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. From the NHL Network, 12:54 in Edmonton. When we return, the orders now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6:30. Chad. Oilers fans, if you're looking for a great road trip, New West Travel has a four-night road trip to Music City. Nashville, Tennessee, you'll see the Edmonton Oilers play the Preds. This package includes exclusive non-stop flights with Flair Airs. Four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket. We're going to do a welcome reception with special guests all for $1,750. Join the Nashville road trip. You can reach New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com, 1256 in Edmonton. And uh, unfortunately, if you're an Oilers partisan, an extended look at the Oilers Down Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. And here is Brendan Escott. Well, the the irony in this is that the only injury list longer than Edmonton's right now seems to be Arizona's. Starnell Nurse out a couple more weeks with a broken finger. Mike Smith uh, week-to-week with a leg injury. So were Slater Cuckoo and Devin Shore both week-to-week with lower body problems. I guess the update on Duncan Keith is upper body injury and day-to-day as it stands right now. Arizona without Jay Beagle for another week while he deals with a lower body problem. Anton Strahlman is day-to-day with a lower body injury. Christian Fisher, Dimitri Yaskin, and Andrew Ladd, they're all on the injured reserve. Nick Schmaltz, he's week to week with an upper body problem. Connor Timmons blew out his knee earlier this year. He's done for the season. And Carter Hutton, goaltender, is in COVID protocol. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the COVID, uh, and Brian brought it up there. I mean, the absence of Josh Archibald to the bottom six is why we've talked about a guy like Nathan Bastian. You know, is that a guy that can help? He killed some penalties in New Jersey. I think New Jersey is going to claim him back. I'm, I don't think Bastian gets to, uh, and, and I don't even know if the owners would claim him. 
but I, 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 it's a different conversation because you don't have Archibald and he's, you know, he's coming off of myocarditis. I just don't think you can, in that situation, you can gamble that the player is going to be able to return. So maybe you have to look at different options. Uh, that is the Oilers now injury report. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Uh, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Three more guests still on today's show from the cult of hockey, David Staples, our NHL insider for legacy heating and cooling, John Shannon. And from the Arizona Coyotes organization, Shane Doan, Kevin Robertson up next with Global News, Weather and Traffic. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.